everyone, and welcome to A Nightmare on Fear Street. A monstrous podcast about all things horror. If you like what you hear today, then you can follow us on all of the usual socials, or subscribe to our Patreon for bonus content and merch. You can find all of that by visiting us at allmylinks.com backslash A Nightmare on Fear Street, or in our episode descriptions wherever you're listening to this podcast at. All right, everyone, we are back, and today we are covering... The iconic, the classic, everyone loves her, and we're covering Death Becomes Her with our new guest, Jesse. Welcome, Jesse, to the pod. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. I, mean, I haven't seen this movie in a long time, so it was. I feel like I should have watched it between forever ago and now. So, same. I hadn't seen it since I was a kid, and when we put it on the list, I'm like, I bet you Jesse would like it, and so. <laughs> Like, you were right. Like I haven't again. I've not seen it since I was a child. So there's so much I don't remember. So it was, it was like seeing it for the first time. I made up so much and I inserted so much. I thought they had more time together. I'll get into that later in my notes. But they don't. And I was like, did I did I make up a movie? <laughs> I also mix it up with She Devil a lot. Oh. It's like so similar and it has Meryl Streep. And they came out like around the same time. I didn't. Really, I've never looked into that, but like very similar premises, at least for the this beginner. Was- this was her comedy era, and I loved that for her. Oh, man. But this is our, this is still our first month, correct? Of Hit Me Baby One More Time, where this, we're looking at the 90s? This ends our first month of Baby One More Time, so. Ooh. Ooh, that's four <laughs> or five movies about the count. Um, so we're in the middle of it. <laughs> Smack dab, right in the middle. But before we get into Death Becomes Her, we're going to get to know Jesse a little bit because it's their first time on the pod. So number one, we start here with all of our guests. Jesse, what's your favorite scary movie? I was like, whenever I saw this, I was like, should I be honest or should I lie? Which is like how I think of like any <laughs> question. Because I don't like, I know, like, I always get judged. But for me, like, what got me into like horror movies as a kid, because I was like scared. Like, my sisters always loved horror movies. I did not. We'd be at Blockbuster and they'd be like, oh, I'm going to rent like Halloween. And I was like, I'm going to rent like Rainbow Bright or something. Like, <laughs> I was like, I don't know what you're doing. Um, <laughs> but for me, it really actually was Scream. Like, the slasher, like, that era of, like, the slasher movies and all for, like, whodunit, like, who's the killer, like, that got me so intrigued and got me, like, and to me, I think those were a little more, like, in my head possible, even mm-hmm. as campy as they were, there was something that I could actually imagine happening versus, like, ghosts and things like that, mm-hmm. so Scream is, like, hands down, that's, like, what got me into watching scary movies. Love it, love it. Well, you kind of hit on your horror origin story, but is there anything you want to add to that? And so your your sisters were really into it? Yeah, my my parents did not really, like, they probably should monitor more of what we were watching. Like, we were watching, like, <laughs> Friends and stuff as kids. So that's probably also why I like Scream. But, like, again, when we go to Blockbuster, my sister, who was, like, eight, and I was, like, six, I'm like, oh, like, let's get this, like, Rugrats video. And she's like, I really want to get Nightmare on Elm Street. And like that's like both my sisters were like that, so I have to leave the room so my sisters can watch a scary movie. Right, like, <laughs> older and my younger sister, like all the time. Me and my brother are like, um, we're gonna go play outside while you <laughs> watch that. But eventually, again, I got really into those movies, and then again, since anything that had like a franchise with it, so then like I went back and watched all the Halloween movies, all the Nightmare on Elm Street movies. Like, as you do. That's always been yeah. a big thing for me. I think that has like a lot of history. Right. Yeah. I was more like your sisters to my to my brothers. So. <laughs> hey, I love how many older siblings get the younger siblings into it. They're like, no, this is the good stuff. You need to watch this. This is culture. <laughs> yeah, I was fine just playing with her Barbies, but instead, my sister's like, no, we should watch a scary movie and then reenact it with the Barbies later. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. <laughs> that was so me. I love it. Yes. Jesse, let's take a moment and plug I said I put on here. Plug Jesse. Let the let the listeners know what you get up to and where they where can they find you on the socials. I know every time I do this, I'm like I really need to start doing more fun things that I can plug. Um I speak of <laughs> you Jesse are basically a co host. You're basically a co host on an rewatch. Yes, I do. I am a co host on an rewatch. That's why usually that's where I'm always at. So I'm like, I just do this. So um, we do the Yellow Jackets and the Drag Race recaps, and we're currently putting together one for the Mary Kate and Ashley video, whole video series. So we're working on starting that soon. And I'm, I've been like so excited to do that one for a while. So you and Shell's been talking about that one for at least a year and a half because at yeah, one point 
We're allegedly meeting tomorrow to actually start planning allegedly. it. So that's the one. Because, again, we have been talking about it for a very long time. It's like once we get done with Drag Race, it's like, let's do that in a couple weeks. Um, but, yeah, so Ando Rewatch is where I'm usually at. Um, and it's just Peek Up Jesse on Twitter. I basically just go wherever I'm invited. <laughs> in the VIP. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> or if you right. want me to be on, just let me know. I probably will come. That should be on a business card. <laughs> just in general. Just invite me to things. I'll look at Google whatever it's gonna be. It reminds me of Death Becomes Her because she was like, I was worried you wouldn't come. And then they were like, Oh, Madeline will come open will come to open up an envelope. Like <laughs> Yes. Yes. Well that's it. <laughs> That's a great segue. So let's get into Death Becomes Her. Jesse, what's one of your first thoughts? I think I put in my notes that like opening scene where like no one's like living for her except for him. I was like, that's just so like gay stand culture. Like at first my first thought I was like, oh, it's gay. Because he's like yes. living for her, the audience and like nobody else does. He's like, I get it. I'm here for it. <laughs> yes, agreed. I spent, I said I live for this whole opening scene. Uh, she Goldie Hawn is so mad at the world because her boyfriend is like all about it. I yes, I love I love the song. I love Meryl dancing around the stage. It just gives life. I I just also love about that moment is that this was the part of the '90s where you could call Meryl Streep up and be like, "You're gonna film some like bad TV scenes and do some like weird dances, a full musical number, um, and that's cool, right?" And she's like, "Yeah." What else what? do I have to do? <laughs> This was my Meryl Streep. So like, that's like when I was getting started to like, learn more about like movies and stuff. I was like, oh, that's Meryl Streep. And I was like, from like Death Becomes Her. And like, she definitely was like, yeah, she's really good. Like that, that's <laughs> yeah. like what I knew her from. So it was like my yeah. head put together like everything else she had done and how she was like considered. Like I just, that's what I knew her from. I think it's a valid way of separating the generations. It's like you knew her before Death Becomes Her. You knew her because of Death Becomes Her. Or you knew her after. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, I also, I love a movie that centers an aging starlet. I just think they're so fun because those are such fun characters because she's also pretty delusional. (laughs) Delusion is so fun to watch on screen. I mean, it just is. To that point, I love that both of them get to do cool stuff because they were in their 40s at this point and we know Hollywood's like, when you're 25, you're done. (laughs) The fact that they were in their 40s. Goldie was actually three years older than Meryl, I found out, because I got curious. Because I'm like, how old are these people if they were that adult when I was a child? And I was like, oh. (laughs) Yeah, I, yeah, totally agree. I also just love that this is a a revenge story between two women. Like, uh, we don't, we still don't get that very often in, in mainstream Hollywood today. And I just, I love the, the, the bitchiness of this movie. It's so fun. I love, I love revenge in general. Like, revenge is like a plot. It's just like one of my favorite things. So the fact that like, we get like a few minutes of just like, oh, this is why she's mad at her. And then jumps right into like, how she can't get back. I was like, okay, good. I'm in. Like, just like if somebody gives me like their beef, I'm like, why don't you like them? And then they just like, give me like a little rundown. Like, okay, got it. I'm like, my bit. <laughs> it's like, invite me to your beef and invite me to your shows. I love that. Once again, especially looking at that first scene and not, <clears throat> if you don't have the knowledge that she's friends with her and that's why they're there. Because she just like, she's just like sitting there confused in like her wig, wondering why he's like so excited for her. And then you find out like, oh, it's actually her friend that she's there to see. Allegedly. A friend. Friend of me. One of the things I love about their I love their rivalry because like if you if you just look at the surface of this, it's two women fighting over a man, but it's not that. He happens to be the latest thing they're fighting about. What? <laughs> he he's one of many things. He the real reason we might never know. But it's just like, mm, I'm gonna take him back because you have him. That's all I want him for. <laughs> and I'm gonna be bored with him for the rest of my life just to say I want him from you. <laughs> and so like if anything, it's a love story between these two who hate each other. And I think that that's just fun, and we don't get that anymore. Yes. And <laughs> yeah, I actually I made a note that I, I love that all the the male characters in this movie are simply there to serve the women. Like even like the butler and the the when she says, "Keep your ass around for later" or whatever. <laughs> the source the, the, like I yes, this is this is a gay man's dream. <laughs> <laughs> It was perfect. Like, <laughs> this was cinema. Get Nicole Kidman, get the suit. This was cinema. Can we 
talk a little bit about Mr. Bruce Willis because he is almost unrecognizable in this movie. I think the first time I watched this, I did not plot that that was him. Like, I'm not kidding. <laughs> like, when I saw his name come up, I was like, what? Who's he playing? <laughs> I was like, oh. Yeah. Then I like, had to like, it's like in my head, I was like, was he there the whole time? He <laughs> just doesn't like very Bruce Willis. No, I knew who Bruce Willis was as a kid, but I was not impressed. So this is my Bruce Willis movie. This is the one where I'm like, yes. And I, I think it's because he's doing something different. He's not just like, I'm die hard. I'm die hard copycat two, three, and five. I see dead people. Because he, he's always Mr. Bruce Willis, gonna blow him up. And I'm just like, I don't care, dude. And so here he had to like do something different. And he's still not a great actor. And I know that that is shady as fuck to say. But like, at least he's doing something different and something that I'm not mad at. And so I'm like, maybe we could have gotten along in a different life. It says a lot about me that this is like the most attractive I've ever found him. I don't know what it is about his character. But I was like, oh, he's so cute. He's so nervous. Like, but I, I get it. And I, it's like that cliche where it's like a joke where it's like, oh, you put like glasses and a mustache and somebody and they're like in disguise. But I fully didn't right. realize that, that, that was really the only physical difference. Well, it, but I like we, I laugh at that all the time, but it's like that fucking worked in this. But I did not, the, I swear to you, did not know Bruce Willis was in this movie. And I have seen this movie at least one other time, if not multiple times. Like, did not know that was Bruce Willis. And like I've seen the posters and stuff like millions of times. My eyes just automatically go to Meryl and Goldie Hawn. So oh, like I just again I've literally just never looked at who the guy was. Never paid attention whenever it would pop up on my screen on Twitter or anything. He could have been anybody. It wouldn't have mattered. Um, <laughs> which is another reason why like it's this is just definitely Marilyn Goldie's movie. And I need to know how we went from a society that makes a movie with these two that's this fun to the society we live in today. How did we fail? Because we apparently had the recipe and now we're out here not doing this. Yeah. Let's let's right. just blame Gen X and move on. Like <laughs> <laughs> But yes, like this is Goldie Hawn and Meryl Streep's movie. Like this is their vehicle. It's everything is about them, and I love that. I love uh, the body humor in this is really funny. Like which after she takes the potion and her boobs like, bunk, bunk. <laughs> that was that was great. I love yeah. It's it's so fun. I just also love that it, it's very of the time because that's about the time, at least for me as a kid, I started noticing that a lot of women were getting work done mm. and I didn't know why. Because like as a kid, you're like, sexism is real, but also I don't see how this connects. And it's because people are like, you don't look hot anymore. Get that fixed. Get that fixed. And they're making 25-year-olds play 50-year-olds mothers. And so, of course, <laughs> of course, people are like, let me get a little nip tuck so I can keep getting rolls. And so I just think it's funny that you have these two stars who were still like at the top of their careers, still working just fine, which is a rarity for that age, to be like, what if we were insecure? And what if <laughs> like we weren't bombshells? What would that look like? Uh, that's my kind of sci-fi. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, so this movie came out in 1992. So it's like early 90s. We, yeah, we're about to get into like, I guess the supermodel craze had already started was like the the Tyra yes. Banks and the the girls were not the, eating. Yes, right. <laughs> and so, yeah, it really it this, this was definitely of its time, but it's also timeless because like, look at what we're still dealing with today. Like, and I, I, at one point I wrote down it's like if this was like a modern telling of it, they would just be like giving the most impact. Listen. I, because I do the news coverage, um, Adrian, I've read so many articles because I go down rabbit holes when it's interesting. That's why I can't get anything done. Where like somebody's boyfriend or husband's like, you need to get this work done. And so she'd get it done and then you leave her anyways. And she'd be like, I didn't even want these anymore. And so like, I'm just like, that's what was going on in the 90s. And so that's why this makes so much sense, especially today when I'm an adult. I'm like, oh, context is everything. I also think it's really fun because there's so many nods to like thrillers and stuff back in the olden days, like the Hitchcocks and the whatever happened to baby, baby Janes and all that. And so it really does kind of feel like a throwback to, we need a new term for psycho old bitty. We need a new term for that, but it feels like that because they would get women over 40 and they'd be like, they're hysterical. <laughs> um, and they'd have those car scenes like Meryl has with the music cues and everything. And I was like, I've seen this movie so many more times aside from this actual movie. <laughs> and it just sent me. Yes. I actually made a note that I said this would be the a perfect, for me, a perfect double feature with whatever happened to Baby Jane. Like, would be an epic night of cinema. 
it was giving Betty Davis. It was. And I was really proud of both of them. Like, they need me to be proud of them. Um, <laughs> I was just like, this is your birthright. Claim it. <laughs> I think I forgot how many things happen in this movie. Like, every time, like, I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot. Like, I knew, like, the main stuff once it gets to, like, the fight. But then everything in between, like, when she goes to, like, get the potion, all that stuff, I was like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, she's almost naked the whole time. What character is almost naked the entire time she's on screen? <laughs> I love that for her. Double-sided I'm... tape was her friend, okay? Shall we say? Listen, I... <laughs> and I'm kind of surprised that no one on Drag Race has made that uh, a runway look, okay? I'm just saying. I mean, not in America. We lost like oh. some of the other countries, so maybe. True. Yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't, I can't, there's too much. I can't get into all the drag races. I just have to, I have to focus. <laughs> I just, I fell off of all of the drag races, even America. Like, I was behind on All Stars all season, this last season. I was, like, three episodes behind religiously. And, like, luckily nobody ruined anything for me, which has never happened before. <laughs> so I guess the universe, like, she really needs to see this when she gets to see it. And I'm like, I do. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I also, while talking about things that, this made me think of there's so many scenes that made me think of other movies like i wonder if they intentionally did this moment where madeline is getting up as ernest is on the phone and he's got his back to her because it reminds me of the original halloween where michael myers is doing that to laurie strode yeah yes oh that's that's yeah yes i think that i think that's like a classic horror um shot i mean it happens in a ton of different ones but yeah i think halloween is the origin i mean there's probably others before that, that there's so i'm many. not thinking of but that, that is the first one that comes to my mind so yeah i was totally getting that as well which she's yeah. like flipping her head around <laughs> yeah no and i i also wonder if it inspired malignant because when she's walking around backwards still giving him sass i was like did she crawl so gabriel could run backwards because <laughs> if so <laughs> yes yes uh that oh in the whole conversation he's like Telling Goldie Hawn that he killed her, and Goldie Hawn's like, "There was a plan. What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> Why did you do this? You fucked everything up." While Meryl Streep is like flipping around, <laughs> and then she comes and she's like, her head still back and straight. Great. Can we just talk about how Ernest is the most worthless, worthless person in the movie? Which is another reason neither of them really want him. They just want to get <laughs> ahead of the other one in anything and everything. <laughs> because both of them are constantly annoyed with him. Both of them are constantly over him. They're just like, why would you do that? What What are you doing? <laughs> and he's just like, I'm being worthless. <laughs> um, like so many supervisors I've had. <laughs> like Goldie Hawn sitting in front of her like shrine of hate that she has around her mirror is like... Like Sheree said, it's not about him at all. No, it is not. It could have been any man, any dress, any house. Right. <laughs> it just happened to be he's, that. I mean, he's a tool, like literally and physically, theoretically. Like it, even after they're both dead, he becomes like their their ability to camouflage themselves into society. So they're still having to keep him around to use him as a tool. Like that's all that that character is and that's why we always forget that Bruce Willis is in this movie because it's not about Bruce Willis and that's probably the best thing for Bruce Willis because it actually gave him the opportunity to play a character that wasn't Bruce Willis. Finally, finally, it just said <laughs> Robert Zemeckis. But I, my one of my favorite things that gives insight to their relationship is when they actually have their like heart to heart of, well, you started it, no, you started it, and, and then it was like. Oh, yeah, you can go, Ernest. Can you fix this up one more time? Um, and I was like, this is really, y'all just wanted to be friends this whole time, but you're too bitter now. <laughs> you're just stuck in their ways. And this is all you know, this competition, this war for nothing. Because, like, their reasons were very juvenile. It's like, you didn't invite me to your slumber party because I was poor. <laughs> and it's like, you stole that boy from me. And I was like, you bitches are in your 40s. Actually, maybe 50s. I think we can let the boy in the slumber party go. <laughs> We could do other hobbies together. Like I like I like brunch. Mimosas are fun. It's almost like when you like meet right. someone's like siblings and stuff, and you're like, oh, like this explains so much about you now. <laughs> exactly. Which is why I was happy they went all the way back to childhood because these kind of relationships are always weird, and we see them so often where people are like this is my best friend and they hate each other. And I'm just like, who is this lie for? Why is this lie? I saw you did it them last Friday. Like, now you're going to move in together? Okay. <laughs> right. Oh, and speaking, going back to your comment earlier, Sheree, about uh, body image and, like, where this happens in the 90s, I clocked the moment when um, Goldie Hawn's character, what is her name? Uh, Helen, is right after 
uh, Meryl took her to Bruce Willis and she's gained all this weight because she's depressed. And then the woman is like, you're clearly not doing any better because you haven't lost a one pound. And I was like, equating her mental health to her weight is peak America. Peak America. Listen, the medical field believes all my problems are because I'm fat. And I'm just like, some of them were around before I got fat. So like... I even wrote down. I was like, I feel like she's being arrested and committed for being fat. That's what it feels like. Which, I mean, again, it was the early 90s. So maybe. They were like, she put on weight. Clearly she's not well. Drag her out. (laughs) Because she's sitting there watching her revenge TV with her 90 cats. Living what looks like a fun life. I'm not mad at her. Oh, it was very humbling (laughs) to watch that scene while I'm like laying on my couch watching the movie. (laughs) It's like, oh. (laughs) Like if I was in a theater, like I feel Did, definitely right now. I was in bed eating Doritos because that's where I met this part of the pandemic. I eat in bed now, so I was just like, "Oh no, this feels familiar." <laughs> oh, it reminds me of like the Drag Race 15 finale where Mistress made that joke, and she's like, "Put that down." And I was one of the many people who was eating in that moment. I was like, "Wow, <laughs> Mistress saw you." I was eating too. <laughs> <laughs> but Helen was Helen was just in her Catwoman origin story, okay? And they interrupted that, like. Her stunts. Her stunts sent me because she was Buffy and the Vampire Slaying over that gate. Um, and they'd be like, we didn't hear you at the gate. How'd you get in? She's like, don't worry about it. I've come to cry and seduce you. Like, she was so dramatic. I love that her her end game was to imitate the stuff that her enemy has been doing. <laughs> to be like, let me win your life back from you and then kill you. And I'm right. just like, I there's so many layers to this. And I just, it's so fun. And it, well, I unexpectedly held up very well for the most part. I agree. And, well, because it's very of it, like it's very of its time. So like, it doesn't have, like I, time capsule films to me don't have to like age well because there's such a time capsule, right? Like I get, mm-hmm. Scream is very 1996. Like the fact that they have landlines does not like, pull me out even though but if it's like trying to be timeless but what i love about this movie is that it's very it's pretty predictable in in a lot of ways but also i was along for the ride so much that i didn't care and i still was surprised like i i totally did not because it's been forever since i've seen it when it was revealed that Goldie Hawn or Helen had also taken the potion i was like oh like i was also surprised because i just was like completely invested you know like i wasn't trying to overthink it i was just with them on the ride like i this one of those movies as a kid i figured things out because i'm a ruiner but i still had fun and it's one of the movies i think about when i say if you're going to be predictable at least make it fun because i'm having so much fun i'm not being like points away from you because you made this a predictable movie i'm like this was a fun time. Um, did I see where it was going? Yes. Did I have fun getting there? Yeah. And that's what really matters because a lot of stories have been told to death. So you have to make them unique and you have to make them fun and interesting. And like, aside from this being a very, very white hetero cast and very, very white hetero characters, I don't have a lot of things to knock it for. I think that if it were to be set to stage or like remade or rebooted or whatever you, we need to change that because like, that's just boring. That's very Desperate Housewives. It's very, <laughs> it's very in the past. Nobody wants that anymore. Like the way we used to do things before COVID, we aren't doing that anymore. Um, so like, if we do that, I can see this being a little bit more fun and more interesting. Definitely. I do think, and I'm curious, Jesse, your thoughts. I was getting some like queer coding, especially with like the, um, the third, not the, uh, not well, clearly, Ernest is a surgeon, but the other doctor she goes to who has like the eye thing and then the the butler. I was getting some like not straight vibes with everyone connected to uh, Lizzie Von Ruman, the woman with the potion. Yeah, even like that scene where she's like, sorry, I hope you're okay with they changed your clothes for you. Things like that where it's just like, it's like okay, that's a little gay. Like, <laughs> which, yeah, everyone, it's like one of those things like when I was a kid, like even when I was a kid, I was like, Oh, Scream. That's like a boy thing to like, probably. And then I grew up and it's like, oh, every gay person I met is like, love Scream. Like, oh, that was gay. Yeah. Like things like that when I find out later, I'm like, I didn't even realize that was a gay thing. Kevin Williamson converted us. Very I, I also wonder if Mad and Hale are secretly in love with each other. Like, again, I was like, this is a revenge story, but it's also about two women who are deeply in love with each other because they're obsessed with each other. And so I wonder how that 
I don't know if that was intentional or it just sort of happened because they have good chemistry. I would love to know. Like, if we can ask somebody some questions, I want to know if Endgame is they were going to be together forever and always one way or the other. But what about, like, I mean, that's, that's what I read. Because it was even yeah. comparing to, like, whenever, like, like, they're broken up right now. And it's about them, like, getting back together. And, like, it's like whenever you have friends, that, like, who break up with somebody and, like, you want to, like, so like, yeah, he sucks. But it's like, mm, they're going to get back together. I've been that friend who's like, uh, good riddance. And then I'm like, oh, she's back with him now. And she's like, well, I know you don't like him. And that's what it felt like. I was like, they're just going to get back together because this is a toxic cycle. Listen, it's giving, it's giving Dawson, Joey, and Pacey and how we all knew Dawson was not it, but Joey didn't figure it out. And so we're like, Pacey's right there. Pacey's right there. And he's like, I'm right here. And she's like, <laughs> So I'm like, Sheree knows this. I've been watching Dawson's Creek for the first time. And I'm about to watch, I'm literally about to finish season five. So I'm about to watch the final season. And yeah, it's. Oh, girl. Yeah. I know. I'm so I ready. For this. I'm I so ready. For this. It's, I don't know. I'm interested to see. I know some things that happen. I don't know everything. I just know I hate Dawson. He's just such an awful character. Hate him from the beginning. And then Adrian ended up being an awful person too, because he was out here doing his like Republican videos on TikTok. I'm like, this is why your generation don't need TikTok. Like, you could have literally just sat there, cut your varsity blues checks and your Dawson's Creek memories and been like, nobody needs to know I'm a villain. But you're like, no, they need to know today, right now. So many people, the mystery okay. behind any celebrity is just gone when they have social media. Yeah, that's one reason why I'm glad I don't have, I don't follow, I'm, 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 I'm odd socials, but I don't, socials, the show, the socials. <laughs> I'm telling all my friends, if you get famous, I'm taking your phone. Because I don't need to know what deep, dark secrets you've been hiding from me all these years that makes you an evil person. I don't want to know. And I don't think the internet needs to know. I think you could just pay me a nice little sum to run your social media um, and keep it to yourself. Like, what you do in that basement? I'm not asking questions. <laughs> your apology wall you have prepped? I'm not asking questions. I just want you... Like, write your hot takes down on a piece of paper and throw it away. Let's burn them. <laughs> you have like, hmm, I think it's going to make people mad, but I want to say it. It's like, don't. Yeah, how about just we don't? That's a good Stop. idea. Because they're just, they're dropping like flies. So many people are gone too late, Richard Dreyfus, And so I just, I want more of my celebrities to stop saying their th intrusive thoughts out loud. Because I'm just like, I thought you were cool all these years. Or cooler than the others in your demographic. And you're like, no. Michael Caine. Oh my God. Michael Caine just this week was like, I don't know why many intimacy coordinators. And my day people just had sex scenes and got it over with. And I was like. You've probably grabbed so many women is what you're telling me right now. You've probably got so many things that you're telling me right now. And you could have just not. Because again, he's another older man who's like a week from the grave. If they could just say less, I could like let them go and be like, I have fond memories. But now that's what I'm going to think of first. And that's what's going to come up in Google when they go um, any second. So yeah. Just stop asking them these questions. It's like, who cares? Like, hey, do you think it's better that they change things that you used to do all the time? Like, I was like, no comment. Some celebrities got a pocket and volunteer it though, because like Gwen Stefani was like, I'm Japanese now. And that person was like, I did not ask to be here. She's like, no, I'm telling you. And they were like, I'm trying to get away from this. I'm trying to get away from this. I want to talk about what I came to talk about. <laughs> she was like, no, but I mean it. I kind of am now and I've adopted and it's just like, ah. And I was like, as an interviewer, what do you do when a celebrity is actually trying to cancel themselves? Cause it's one thing if you ask the question, you're like, oh no, I shouldn't have asked that question. But for the celebrity to just be like, Today's my day. Thanks for being here. Like, why'd you choose me? <laughs> like, why am I intensely going to go viral for this? Right. It's like, I knew I should have cut out of work. The one day I don't follow my first line is the day she's like, I'm a problem, which I knew for a minute. You can't marry a racist and not be a problem. It's like you're trying to get to tell people, but you can't tell Taylor Swift fan that <laughs> because she definitely dated at least one that we know of. Oh, T-Swizzle. But That's so much. Yeah. <laughs> We digress. This, okay. I, I've already stated that I love the opening scene. I also love, I think I'm, the, my favorite part is probably this end when they're in the funeral and they just keep laughing <laughs> loudly. I, <laughs> I was cackling the whole time. And then when they leave and he's like, has found, the uh, Ernest has found eternal life through the, through the lives of his children and grandchildren. And they're like, Nope. <laughs> I, I also love that because usually they're just like, well, this woman needed to have these kids or her life would have meaning. These two are childless. 
still bickering and besties for eternity. They are they never wanted the children. It never even comes up. Like this is one movie where women over the age of forty are not talked to about their ovaries, and I I think it's another reason why I like it so much because. I've seen that so many times. It's like, oh, she's 40, so she wants a kid, or she can't have kids, or she has kids. And it's like, some of us don't think about them. I know when I'm 40, I won't, because I have in my whole life. Um, So I just, I want more of, we have other goals, and our goals are to ruin each other, and maybe be famous, but like, to ruin each other first. (laughs) No, I love, I love they don't feel like they have to explain why they don't have kids. Because they don't have to. Listen, any other movie, especially in that era, it would have been like, so when are you and Ernest going to have kids? Or she had a breakdown because Ernest is the last chance to have kids. And I'm just like, thank you for not doing that. Like, again, I just get tired of women being reduced to being procreators. <laughs> um, <laughs> we, we do a lot more. We do a lot more. Which is wild to me because so many of those same people that are okay with women like having their sole job be to procreate or sole purpose be to procreate are also the same people that are up in arms when people use inclusive language like birthing peoples. <laughs> it's yeah. like, what do you mean? Women are da, 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 da. And it's like, wait a second here. <laughs> they're, they're also the same people that get upset when the children need food and to be like, what do you mean you can't pay for the child to eat? That's not my problem. Or what do you mean you want to get on food stamps and welfare? That's not my problem. I didn't have that kid. But also you're taking away access to birth control. So like, what do you want to do? Do you want the babies or do you not want the babies? Because hands may tell is not where we all want to be. If that's what you want to do, then like there's places in Kansas and Missouri that are still doing that for you. And you can definitely go there. Um, <laughs> but like, the rest of us are trying to find a way of surviving in this world without putting more people in it because it's not a fun place to be. This is not Disney World. It's the opposite. <laughs> and we got too many damn people in the first place. Listen, I my flight got full last night and I was so salty because like the other times I've flown to London, my planes were basically empty. Round trip, almost empty. The first one was definitely during a COVID show, like before she like showed up for real, for real. And so people were canceling left and right that just happened to be the one perk I got out of that situation. The second time, people were just not going because it was a red eye. This time, I was like, this one's half empty, so it's fine. But apparently, the flight the night before got canceled, so they shoved everybody Mm. on that flight onto my flight. So I had to sit next to somebody for all six hours. She ended up being really cool. But also, I was like, but I don't just lay down. I I have to be a person. I hate (laughs) y'all. This is not my experience. And so she had to watch me watch John Week 3 and an episode of Barry before I passed out. <laughs> uh, I hate meeting new people. So whenever I have like somebody who sits by me, I'm like, I'm like, okay, let's just not talk. And then they want to talk. I'm like, oh, shit. I, I was like, I was not about it. I was not about it. And then like she got me because I took my earbuds out because they were offering, I think, maybe the snacks. I don't know. It was This has been a long weekend, y'all. Um, <laughs> and so I took my earbuds out. I, I, they were out. I heard her telling the story about this woman sitting in further up than us because we were definitely in main cab and we were not first class. We were not Delta Comfort, any of those fancy ones with the like fun labels. And she was telling this woman about a woman up there who's getting married in London and how she's a nervous flyer. She's never flown internationally before. And I was like, how she meet this husband she married in? It sounds fishy. Um, (laughs) Apparently they met in the States and he's been visiting her. And they decided to get married in London because the, it's easier for whoever wants to live in the country of the other one um, if they get married here as opposed to getting married in America. And I was just like, okay. But the, the girl did not know what to do. So she was asking this poor stranger like all the questions about, when are they going to ask my passport? What do I do with the ticket? <laughs> and so this the stranger was just like, yeah, that girl up there wearing the whatever sports team jersey, um, she's getting married. And if you could just like embarrass her because like she's flying alone. Her sister's watching her dogs at home. And I was like, her sister's not going to her wedding? Sus. Um, <laughs> especially in London. This whole situation I, I is dog, sus. Girl. I'm going to London. I got, I got people to see. Um, <laughs> but I was just like, now that I'm invested. Shit. And so we started talking. <laughs> and I was like, okay, that was enough conversation after 10 minutes. I put my earbuds back in. <laughs> I was about to say, I just love the idea of like you using the six-hour flight to reveal her to be like a liar or something. Like, we've all started putting the pieces together. Like, we need to tell us the truth before we land. What are you really doing here? 
I'd be like, you don't know that girl. You just wanted to make a scene. And I was like, you're the best friend I made. I was like, oh, I don't know her. And that's when I got really invested. I'm like, a stranger's doing nice things in New York? Mm. <laughs> At JFK? Yeah, that doesn't track. But <laughs> this movie, <laughs> I forgot we were talking about this movie. Oh, my God. So, <laughs> I actually have a lot of, like, walking downstairs. I, I hate falling. So, like, every time I go down any Same. stairs, I'm like, don't fall, don't fall, don't fall. So, like, the, that was scary for me this movie. I'm like, oh, my God. I was like, I couldn't. I was like, what if I fell down that many stairs? If I died falling downstairs, I would never walk downstairs again. Like, the fact that they, like, <laughs> I would, like, no. Like, not doing it. No. No. Like, I don't believe in stairs anymore. I used to before the pandemic. But now that I don't have to do them in my everyday life anymore. Mm-mm. But I, I just love that, like, Right before she takes the tumble, you're just like, those stairs coming into play. Because they are just like, look at this staircase. Look at her backing up against this. I'm like, oh, no, she's going down. She's going down. I also love that they use that mannequin sound when she falls. Because they do it again at the end, but it makes sense at the end because they have fake body parts. But this first time, I was like, what happened? I got questions. <laughs> uh, it would, Yeah, that shot of her falling down the stairs. She hits every stair. She hits every piece of wall. She hits every rung on the <laughs> the rail. Like she this fall, she gets bent up like a pretzel. This fall fucked her shit up. Again, I think she's in the DNA of Gabriel. I'm gonna I'm gonna talk to Kayla Cooper one day and just ask. I'm gonna be like, were you watching Death Becomes Her with James Wan? And did y'all did y'all go hey? Right. <laughs> what but is- I love. And I love after that happens, he still goes and like checks her pulse. Like, <laughs> my dude, <laughs> there's no way. <laughs> He's a bad doctor. He's a bad morgue person. I forgot the name of just now. Mortician. Thank you. Um, He's a bad mortician. He's a bad husband, boyfriend. He's a bad alcoholic. He's a bad everything. Like, he just, he only knows how to fail, which is, again, very, very <laughs> true, to, true to the world I live in. <laughs> Like, he married a rich woman. He couldn't even stick with the plan to kill her the right way. Right? Like, the one time he's like... Helen literally laid out everything they were going to do. Solid plan. And he messed it up. He's so Michael Scott coded. Which is just... It, it sends me because he's just like, how can I mess up everything? Because he's never confronted that woman before. He's never confronted anybody before. But he's just like, because we have a plan, I'm going to try something new tonight and be the rent. <laughs> Just like why? Even when he goes to call Helen and she's like, "Don't you think you should have called the police first? Because you're gonna ask questions." Listen, I this movie is just—it's so many movies, and I I want to watch it again already. I know I just watched it like two days ago, if that. I don't know time anymore, but like I just want to rewatch it again because when we rented it as a kid, I watched it that whole weekend. I was like rewind, rewind until our forty hours was up. <laughs> I, it, it's just, it's so fun. And yeah, I love that the two center female characters are leagues smarter than the center male character. Like, yeah, when she's on the phone, when after he's killed, uh, after he's killed Madeline, he's on the phone with Helen and he's like, what she's she's like why'd you call me first and not the cops and then she's like okay well here's the plan you're gonna tell them that you were on the phone with me when she fell because they won't be able to pinpoint down to the minute like she's still like yards ahead of this man planning this revenge like she is with it and he is like following behind Again, so many jobs I worked, <laughs> my supervisors, who were so incompetent, they didn't know what they were doing or what I was doing. And so I had to be like, look, this is a box office. We sell tickets. Here's how these tickets are sold. Here's all of this stuff. And they're like, oh. And then they forget, like, 51st dates the next day. Like, again, I'm not made to be in the world. <laughs> I'm made to work from home. <laughs> so the CGI, I... I will allow the CGI for the body things that need to happen, like the heads turning and all of that. But the potion. For why? For who? <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> it didn't bother me as much. I see your point, though. Like, it didn't need to be there, but it was funny. Kind of added some magic fun to it. I don't know. It's also, for 92, it doesn't look terrible for 92. 
<laughs> that potion is that potion is my one thing aside from it being like super white and straight. That potion, I was just like, if you had not done that, I would have no nuts about your aesthetic right now. Because it's so it's so 90s of we can, so we're gonna, as opposed to does it look good? Do we need it? Meryl Streep has drank many drinks in her career. She would have sold that. We didn't need the little light in her chest. <laughs> we didn't need any of that. Like I'm just imagining the logic of being like, all right, what do we, we need to use a CGI budget. <laughs> I mean, I will say <laughs> that CGI looked better than some CGI I saw in the 2010s. Let's be real. That's, That's a so lot of rough. things, but it just, it, it was unnecessary and uncalled for. And again, I think that this movie, because it feels coded for children. I don't think that they set out to make a children's movie about aging actresses, but like, <laughs> that's it. And so I think that they were just like, you know what kids like? That Disney stuff. We'll do some of that in the potion. And I was like, no, be an adult. Make them drink a real potion. Like, make it make it a regular color. Have her sell it. And then you can do all the CGI with her, like, boobs and her ass and things. You don't need to be all, like, tinkle, 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 Bill. <laughs> I was like, I hate everything. I want to look away, but I can't. Like, <laughs> just everything about that house. Ca- it looked like a yes. castle. Every time there was a scene in there, I was like, oh. I was like, wow, I forgot how, like, just odd everything was about it. For down to, like, her mm-hmm. staff, her, like, it's so fun. But I was just like, oh, wow. It's like we're in a different world. I loved it. Me. And then when she was like, how old do you think I am? <laughs> Madeline's like, 38. And she's like, oh! <laughs> and she was like, she's like 77 or something like that. 71. 71. And- when she said that, it made so much sense because the way she talked to her was definitely giving older woman energy. Um, and I'm like, well, if she's in her 40s, how old is, would this woman be? She's like, 71. Because like the, when she walks in, she's like, I've been expecting you. <laughs> Sit down. No, sit. I said sit. And she's like, I don't know what to do. Because that's how it is when an older woman is being rude to you and you're not used to it anymore. You're like, oh. And you're like, I'm not a child. You can tell me to sit down. I don't know you, Grammy. Um, so like, I was like, she would be 71. I love that for her. <laughs> I I also noticed the stand-in actors this time around, which I didn't clock as a child. But that was not Bruce Willis' jawline. And that woman trying to rock Goldie Hawn's wig was not Goldie Hawn. <laughs> 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 and I... I laughed a little bit in my heart and my soul and out loud. <laughs> they tried their best. They, they they tried something. They tried something. <laughs> but from like the profile, I think Bruce Willis's stand-in might be hot. I, I need to see the full face. Um, <laughs> but he might be hot. I need to investigate to see where he's at and what he's doing. Is he an actor still? <laughs> right. I also, I, I know I made it up in my head, but I would actually like a little bit more of the trio before they kill each other. Or before, <laughs> when they're trying to kill each other and they're trying to like keep him, because that just goes too fast. Like I feel like it's blinking, it's gone, and then we're like at the castle, and I'm just like, I would like more of this, not thruple, <laughs> not thruply. <laughs> I just want like a little bit more, but also it's like an hour and forty, and it's paced so well, and I just, I don't know where to put it in, but I want it. I know I kept forgetting that there wasn't that much time with him after she got shot. <laughs> like once they get back together, then it's like, oh, it's kind of like he's leaving. And just them, like, basically chasing him for the rest yeah. of the movie. Which is wild, because up until that point, he's, again, not really a... He's a supporting character. And then all of a sudden, it's like, let's get Ernest. And I was like, oh, he has a name. Um, <laughs> and then... <laughs> and then, like, it's over. And I'm just like, but I want... I want more of their revenge ship. And I want more of them using this man now that they are both using him at the same time. I think that there's a hidden series in here. And again, I don't think we we have to make the series, but if we do, I think that that's where the juice is going to be. Oh, agreed. I think if you're if you're making a series, the first like just the first little section if it's a TV series, there's one episode that's like pre uh Goldie Hawn getting shot. And then everything else takes place after that. I would have her get shot at the end of the first episode. Yeah. I would have the revelations come up to be like, you drank the potion too, bitch. Blackout credits. <laughs> and then we're in the new world. <laughs> <laughs> but I, and I, I will also say one thing I really enjoyed about this movie is that even though these are uh, women above the age of 40, they're both still very sexual people. Like the fact that Meryl, what, what, 
and pro- prompts Meryl Streep to go to the the sorceress to get the potion is her fuck buddy is that she's cheating on her husband with this cheating on her <laughs> with a younger woman. <laughs> and I just, I love that. And Goldie Hawn, like trying to seduce Ernest is, is to, yeah. So I like that they didn't lose their sexuality just because they passed the age of 25. <laughs> it, it made me look at my life and be like, maybe I should have gone to a gym at some point because I'm not that age and they look so good because they're trying to like make them like dowdy and things. I'm like, it's not working. That's still Meryl Streep. That's Goldie Hawn in a fat suit. You're not fooling anybody. Because like, again, they they actually still really look good in their 70s. And I'm just like, do you eat vegetables? Is that the secret? Because I never tried that. Like, I don't know what I could have been doing to get on that level. <laughs> they look so good in this movie. Like, that's like a thing that I was like, wow. Forgot, like they just like when they're all glammed up too. It's just yeah. yeah. When she puts on the pink number that he like throws it down the stairs in, I was like, she was going out. She about to get she was about to get her mister back. Um, and then some she was going to the streets. <laughs> I think that's another reason he was a little jealous. It <laughs> was like, you don't wear that for me. It's just like, why would I? What? <laughs> Who are you? Why are you in my house? <laughs> are you a Wendy's? And so <laughs> things escalated from there. <laughs> It's just a magical movie and I I miss movies like this because we still get the let's put these celebrities in a movie together but then it's all boring because nobody tries I'm thinking Glass Onion but like other movies not just that one where it's like you have all this star power but we're not having fun you're just here because you know people are gonna pay you to see it um it's where a lot of like the bigger celebrities from the 90s have gone and making these movies that are throwaway movies <laughs> and I hate that for them because again we gravitated towards them in the 90s we were hoping for the best and now they're just like this is the formula it's gonna go to Amazon Prime we're gonna like blow some stuff up with Channing Tatum it's gonna be what it's gonna be the night and I'm like but you could do more you could do so much more <laughs> yeah I think it's an overcorrection from the or not an overcorrection but like they've just gone full into like the fact that Marvel movies have been so successful. So like action, 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 blow things up, blow things up, blow that up, blow that up. Because like, I look at on IMDb, when you look up um, death becomes her, the first three films that are like more like this are the witches of Eastwick, the first wives club and practical magic. And all three of those films are fantastic. I need to rewatch Practical Magic. I've been meaning to for a few years. But I, whenever I see Goldie Hawn, I think of this movie and I think of um, The First Wives Club because mm-hmm. I wanted to be a first wife because of that movie. I was like, this is what happens when you're an adult. You get divorced by <laughs> to keep his money. Yes. Oh, <laughs> and you live in New York. Yes. I've always wanted to live in New York. And so I was going to get divorced so fast. Um, and it has not happened yet. Fingers crossed. But I just, <laughs> I think that these movies were fun and they had something to say like i again i don't remember practical magic but like the other ones on that list and this one they are talking about something that's like actually important and actually like centered on the afap experience because again you have a certain you have a certain amount of years before men are done with you and because men get to dictate things fuck yeah um which again this is a perfect pair with the first wives club now that we're talking about it Cause I just, I just like both movies, but I was like, no, they're having a conversation, double feature. Let's go. I love first wife's club. Yeah. I also, <clears throat> my parents never divorced, but I saw so much in movies and shows that when I was a kid, I was like, Oh, look off my first wife. And like my second wife. <laughs> right? Talk about it once. My mom was like, why would you plan to get divorced? <laughs> you have to be like, but, but my do. next mommy's going to do this. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like that's what happens all the time. It's like, you know, you like marry somebody, you have fun with them. Maybe it doesn't go well, they marry somebody else. My friends, that's just what I thought would be my friend's new dad took them to Disney World. Just saying. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, I still use the line, uh, you say I don't have any emotions, but I'm an actress. I have them all. <laughs> I have all of them or something like that. I love it. So good. Her character is so many people we used to know when we were in theater school. <laughs> And I hate love that for her so much because I'm just like, I know her and I don't want to know her. <laughs> Star to be. All right, y'all. Well, let's, let's get spicy with some hot takes. Uh, Jesse, what's your hot take? Similar to what uh, Shrey was just saying, I just need more movies like this that have movie stars that are like in a campy setting 
and it's really just watching them interact with each other, act together. Like that was like that was the big thing for me. It's like all anytime that Meryl Streep and Goldie Hawn are on screen together, I'm like, this is great. Just give them something to work with and just build around that. Like I want more of that. And I don't need like a big cast. I don't need like we put twenty of the biggest stars in this movie. Like just two, two or three. And like have it be centered around them. And that's all I need. I don't need these like you won't believe what ten people we got to be in this movie. Like, I don't I don't need that. Someone who's gonna be in the movie for five minutes isn't like exciting to me. Right? We don't need Oceans Twelve. We just need Goldie Hahn and Meryl Street to call each other one more time. Like I know they're both out there. And I would love to see Goldie do something. Cause like I think the last thing I knew she was in was that movie with Amy Schumer that I forgot shipwrecked. That's the last thing I remember seeing her in. I actually saw that. Because it came out the same year Kurt Russell was in Guardians 2. And I was like, look at this. Hollywood's best couple doing movies. They're having a good year. And I think she got her star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame finally. Yeah. The last movie Goldie Hawn was in was The Christmas Chronicles Part 2. Her and we all need to talk. While we're talking about Goldie, I have to, I because I just love this factoid about her. Her and Kurt Russell, who's still hot as well, like both of them are still very hot people, um, have been together for so many decades, maybe before I was born. I've never actually done the math. Um, <laughs> and she's older than him, which I always find fascinating because usually it's the other way around. It's like, well, now that I'm 40, I have to find a 15-year-old and just tell people to shut up when they whisper about it. But like, she's just like, no, we're two adults. Also, he's hot and I'm Goldie Hawn. Of course we're going to move in together. Like, <laughs> I just, it makes me so happy to see them out and about. And also their son, Wyatt, is really hot. Let's get a younger version of his dad. And that also makes me happy because keep those jeans alive. Um... <laughs> <laughs> she also, she still gets interview questions where they're like, oh, sorry. I was going to say, she still gets interview questions like, why don't you guys just get married already? What? It's nothing they've like legally got married. They've just been together. And she's like, we don't I need love to. that. Because again, like divorce when you're rich is different. Because those of us with nothing, it's like, oh, we're gonna lose some money getting lawyers and court dates. But like when you're rich, it's like, oh no, who's richer? <laughs> <laughs> it's a war. Uh, also like they're happy. So like I don't care. Like I, I don't need them to get married because when you get married, that's when things usually get real shitty. But they're just like, you know what? We've been vibing for decades. Our kids are happy. He adopted her kids, Oliver and Kate Hudson. I'm not the biggest fan of Kate Hudson, but also she did a lot of rom-coms. And so when were we going to hang out? Like, we had gossip. That's all we had together. That one movie, because I watched it because Joshua Jackson was there and I was first a little kid. Um, yeah. And she did a she bunch did of She did the Skeleton Key, too. I keep forgetting that movie. movie existed. And people keep bringing it up this month. <laughs> <laughs> it's It's okay. I, I've seen it. It's okay. I liked it. Oh, fine. When I was a kid, it came on once. Um, <laughs> <laughs> somebody the other day was like, it's the new Get Out. And I was like, first off, it's not new. Secondly, stop. You get right. out. I'm tired of people being like, this movie had a black person, so it's the Get Out. And I'm like, oh, it's not. You need more than that. There's, a, there's more to that test than is there a black person. Well, then. It's what Jordan Peele wants. Because that's a dangerous game to play. And I don't like it when people do that on the line. It, but, it sends me up a wall. Right. But it also, Skeleton Key came out like 10 years before. Trenton The internet is not okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's never okay. <laughs> Touche. Sheree, what's your hot take? Um, My hot take is this movie only works because of Muriel and Goldie. Because I'm sure if I read the script, I'd be like, ha, okay. But because they are so brilliant and magnificent and they only know how to win, even when the movie is not deserving of them. Because again, I've seen them both and stuff that I was like, uh, but at least Meryl is here into the woods. <laughs> or at least Goldie is here. <laughs> um, and so it only works with them, which is why I think that trying to re reboot it or anything would be tricky because like, Without them, what are we doing? And what's that going to look like? Because this is this is basically watching these two play together. That's what it is. And that's why we all love it. Because company is good when both of them are, like, top of their game. Both of them are brilliant. Both of them are, like, connected to the material. All the things aligned. All the things aligned. And I'd most rather just see both of them in a new movie together. That's what I would love. Maybe, again, it could be similar in themes. But to me, that would be, like... I mean, there's always Christmas Chronicles Part 3. 
If you don't stop shaming my mother <laughs> on my podcast <laughs> in front of my face, oh. in front of your salad. No, I just, I would love them to do something else. And I would love for it to be fun because I think that Merrell does a lot of drama. But like, we forget she can be funny. Like this movie, I think is a perfect example that she can be funny. She can be hysterical, but we don't usually get to see her do that. It's usually just like, was my pain too loud for you? <laughs> Big Little Lies, <laughs> which is an amazing role. And she found some humor in that character because I hated that character, but I was laughing sometimes. But I think that it would just be fun to see her get like one more role where she's just like, let's go balls to the wall, comedy. It's all silly. It's all campy. Um, we're having fun making nods and we got a little something to say. Agreed. I love that. Uh, my hot take is I think we need, and I think I said this when, like multiple times, so it's not very hot, but... We need more movies that center women over the age of 40. That it's still a rare, rarefied film experience in 2023. So like almost, well, yeah, over 30 years, that math. Yeah. After this movie was made, we're still like barely getting anything, if anything, that centers women over the age of 40, and especially over the age of 40 that aren't a mom or of, you know, and even then, like Dakota Fanning's playing Robert Nero's mother somewhere, as we speak, probably. So, like, what, what she's happens playing Timothy Chalamet's mom somewhere? Listen, it's like, is that Zendaya? How is she Denzel's mom? Somebody <laughs> explain this timeline to me because Hollywood has lost their damn mind. And so, again, women are usually discarded at that age, but way before that age, Leonardo DiCaprio. And so, people are like we can't see them, so we don't know what they would be doing at that age. <laughs> so, <laughs> It's rare, which is why I think so many people love X so much because it did have an older woman who was a slasher. And I just did a I just did a streaming guide on like women slashers over the age of 50. And I was like, there's so few that I can find. And I'm a nerd. So like. All right. Well, let's give it our drinks. Um, so out of five drinks, Jesse, how many drinks are you giving Death Becomes Her? I gave it a four. Again, I, for me, it was like seeing it for the first time again which was really fun. Um, again, there were some parts I wanted more of, like, like I said before, I wanted to see more of like the, just like the three of them together. I just wanted a little more of that, but otherwise it was so fun. Like I, I'm probably going to watch it again at some point this year. I agree. Like it feels like we're missing a second act because they don't get more time together. It feels like we touched the second act and then we left it. It's like, once we get close to the end, it's just like, it feels like it's just like a race to the end of the movie. And I just want like a little more time in between them becoming friends again, and then the chase to try and kill Ernest. Or try and stop him from dying. Right? Because you're never going to bug each other to death, as they always have. And so them and their, like, non-thruple are going to have those, like, rough patches that are going to be hysterical for us over small things. And it's going to be a little backbiting here and there, snide comments here and there. And I think that that is juicy, and I want it. (laughs) Even if we just had more of the content of, like, in between, where he was, like, putting them back together, all that stuff, like... Just more of that. I feel like we've skipped over some things that Same. I would like to see. Same. Sheree, how many drinks are you giving it? I'm giving it 3.5 drinks. Because again, like it's it's predictable, but it's fun how it gets there. You have Goldie and you have Meryl doing all of the damn things. Even Bruce Willis isn't awful, which is hard to do. And so like, it's just, it, it's very, very close to a perfect four for me, which I'm not a comedy girl, so that's hard to get. Um, And I think that, I think that literally had anybody here been like POC or queer, I could have probably found that extra half star. But like, I just sometimes I'm just like, where am I at? Mm. (laughs) Where my friends at? Mm. (laughs) And so I think that's why I I can't give it a good four and go to sleep. Like, Okay. I'm giving it four double vodka sodas and then a shot of vodka on the side. So four and a half drinks. I'm the highest in this one. I loved it. I would watch it again. I would recommend it. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's just, it's so close to perfect. Like literally give us the rest of the second act. <laughs> yeah. Cause yeah, I agree with all of your y'all's criticisms and i think if that had been there it might have been a five for me but it's a four and a half so it's really really close to a movie that i love 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 and but it's just not quite there yet but 
All right, y'all. Well, that is our thoughts on Death Becomes Her. I almost forgot what movie we were talking about. Um, thank you so much, Jesse, for joining us. We loved having you. We'll have thank to have you. you back. Yes, please. Again, I go where I'm invited. <laughs> <laughs> Next week, we're covering The Blair Witch Project from 1999. Yes, 1999. And we'll be joined by, with Mike Unofficial. So we're excited to be doing that. Yes, Mike won our, I believe, the Instagram <laughs> competition. One of the three. Listen, I believe Mike was Instagram. Yes, yes. Because Josh was Twitter and Nina was Patreon. I know things. Um, like Mike shared a favorite episode and it got us in our feels. Um, plus, we just like Mike. Mike's fun. And so, yeah, we're going to keep hitting us, baby, one more time next week, month, both. Both are true this time. We're going to continue hitting babies. So uh... you say that, but then when the merch gets made, we're going to look like we're assholes. (laughs) (laughs) Where's the lie, Sheree? Where's the lie? All right, (laughs) y'all. Thank you again to Jesse. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And as always, make sure that you stay fierce out there. Bye.